Uh, welcome back, everybody, to Jaws Christ Talk uh, with Jennifer A. Whitaker. I am only one of the uh, the podcast engineers for the show. Uh, we are here with uh, John Tarr uh, and Curtis here, too. Um, but I encourage everybody to... Um, Check us out on all of our social media and subscribe, like, share, comment, and so on. And uh, a special thanks and recognition to um, Marcus Hart of Transforming Media, Joyce Dorian of the Disability Channel, and Zach Clayton of the Back Channel for letting us have this on their show. Our platform. So I'm going to hand over to John to get us started today. Thank you, Emily. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, listening, watching, wherever you found us. Um, John, what about what I was yes. saying? You know how I was saying that we were talking in our last show, like an hour ago, about suicide. Um, what would you advise people in terms of faith and going to Christ, maybe in their struggles or finding their purpose and other things related to like countering it, possibly find reasons that we are to be around. We have purpose of living and at the same time, a way to serve God. Yeah. Um, I know this is a, a hard subject, uh, especially for a lot of people that suffer from depression of various forms and lengths and stuff like that. I think, the, I know for me, I had to concentrate on God's love for me and also realize that I'm going to be spending eternity with him. And that was something really to look forward to. I know, I know it's hard to visualize that. How do you vis visualize eternity? How do you visualize God? But he repeats it and talks about it over and over again. And I, I think there are times when I, I seem to go into a depressive state, uh, that I'm not doing that. Um, again, it's not the same thing for everybody because pe different people have depression for different reasons. Sometimes it's a uh, chemical imbalance in your body, and sometimes it's just uh, thinking that you have no hope or you have no future. And I think we struggle well, with that. We all it can also sometimes be situation like, you know how, like what you know I'm going through because my dad's dying, but I supposedly don't have clinical depression, but situational that, you know what I'm saying? It's supposedly when he actually goes and a year after and I get used to life without him, that then suddenly I won't have depression because it was situation induced. So there's others like that that aren't really clinical, but you still go through, right? Yeah. I think we also need a 
a good friend, uh, someone we can talk to about everything that's going on in our lives. And I would say it's probably a good idea to have a good Christian friend if you can and just go through a lot of stuff that you're going through. Um, and then some people just need to, you know, have a talk with a therapist and stuff like that. They can pull them up and out of, because there's a lot of things that we forget. And when we talk to friends or a therapist, uh, um, they help us to see things that we have uh, kind of put on a back, back shelf. And we, we need to, and I think the other thing, and, and this is something I got to repeat in my, my mind over and over again, it says, is um, what do I have to be grateful for? And when I start thinking about all the different things that God has done in my life to help me to be grateful, uh, it seems to pull me up more times than often. It seems to pull me up and out of uh, the depression that I'm in. What is it that I'm grateful for? Especially when it comes to God, you know? But there's a lot of things that happen in our lives that we forget to be grateful. And how does that work, you know? Um, so I've got to, if you've got to go uh, wake up in the morning and say your prayers or uh, when you go to bed at night, and then ask God to help you remember what to be grateful for. I know that seems uh, really crazy uh, that he needs to remind us, but we live in a complicated uh, society and there's many things that are going on in our lives, um, especially on the outside world. Uh, things like, uh, what am I gonna do to keep a roof over my head? or uh, different things, uh, getting a job. Th these are a lot of things that can cause depression too, but sometimes none of those things are in the middle of this. It's just that you have something you're going through and you don't even know. And I think uh, you need to ask God to make that knowledge available to you so you can peel it back like an onion. Um, because a lot of our problems are multi-layered. Uh, I know I was part of a 12-step program for men, and one of the big deals was pulling back the onion, pulling back the layers of that onion, you know. Um, and then a lot of times we were talking there about uh, blessings and things that we were grateful for. Uh, and it really did help me and other people too. So. Um, that's for me. What I don't about, know. What about reading the Bible and maybe looking up if you, if you have like a, a app, that's a Bible app. Yes. Uh, looking up love or maybe even searching suicide and see what God has to say about it. Right. Um, that's a great idea, Jennifer. Um, to read through the Bible and um, cut it off at the pass. You know, if you can set up a, a Bible program, uh, some people like to do it in the morning. Some people like to do it at night. Personally, yeah, I like to rather routine, do it. I mean, a regular devotional routine, right? When you say a... Yeah. And I know what you mean about the app. I have the app 
I don't even carry a Bible with me anymore because the app is so good. Uh, so it's not just me. You know? <laughs> and, and sometimes when I'm uh, working and I don't have time to read it, I turn the app on and let it do uh, the audio version. And I have yeah. that running in the back. And I have that running in the background. And I may not pick up everything. But uh, it's amazing how much actually gets through. Um, if Doesn't we that have a therapeutic uh, uh, impact on you, like let's say if you're depressed, when you may be working and you're not depressed enough to lose interest in your, you know, job or hobbies, right? But you're feeling downward, yeah. and then we listen to the Bible while doing that whatever task, right? He runs around the house like laundry, or it's work related. Yeah. We're doing something. We listen. And like you're saying, it may not be our full attention on the Bible, but we use it as a therapy. And how many times we end up finding ourselves more productive because whether we realize it or not, it lifted our mood to where we we're back to our normal productivity and or additional excitement from the Bible when we come, you know, from really low back to our normal. And then we go, our mood goes up even more of excitement. I can do this for God, this for God. And here's some talents God gave me. This is what I'm going to do in my life. And. You know, we develop goals because we get inspired and driven, excited. Yeah, the other thing is when we're reading or listening to the Bible, you have to remember, and sometimes you got to remind yourself of this, that you're actually having a conversation with the creator of the universe. And how powerful is that? You know? He's actually conversing with you and he's actually having you uh, listen to his words. Um, and I desperately in my soul want to connect on that level with him and say, please, God, uh, please talk to me. You know where I'm at. Uh, I don't even know where I'm at, but you do. So please talk to me at that place in time. Uh, and then it, it's really amazing when you'll land on certain things or uh, if you have an app and you're listening there. Uh, and you can have on an app, you can have King James Version. You can have New American Standard, whatever one it is that, um, that you identify with. But always remember in the background, it's God. It's the creator of the universe talking to us. You know, how many billions of people live on this planet? And he's uh, many times just talking to us as individuals. How powerful is that? You know, um, and I forget, I forget. And I really kind of uh, beat myself up a little bit when I forget that. But I, I, I have to remember that. I have to remember that because I, I need all the help I can get. Because there's just so many things in our culture, in our world, and in my life, and in my family that just doesn't make sense. So I need it to make sense. And God will make it sense for my ability and for where I'm at. Because everybody's different. Everybody's different. So I need that. And I have to ask God for that. Um you know, it's just a, a very powerful thing. You know, when do we have a chance, especially when we're 
lonely and we don't have that, hardly anybody else in our lives, that we have the God of the universe that will is always available, always. And he wants us to uh, reach out to him and have conversations with him. Uh, it's just a very powerful thing to me. And it's something I've got to really center on. What do you think about that, Jennifer? Um, do you kind of do the same thing? You mean having scripture? Because I was thinking about music. I sit on like like this one song, mm. um, By Stars Go Down. It's called You Are Loved. And it's about, it basically is therapeutic in my opinion, where it's supposed to be basically them saying that God is saying the message, you are loved more than a thousand pieces, more, more than the world can see, because look up above and know that you are loved. Boy, that's a good point. I forgot about the worship music or music. That's the other thing that you can have running in the background. Um, Maranatha, uh, different Christian groups or Christian uh, uh, performers. Did that, you say Maranatha? Have, you mean uh, Meredith Andrews? Uh, what, what is it? You said Maranatha. Do you mean Meredith Andrews? No, Maranatha is a, a worship organization um, oh. out of California. Chuck Smith was a pastor of that church. Um, you're right. Uh, I forgot. I forgot all about the uh, music and having certain performers that you really like a lot have it just running in the background if they have really good well, lyrics think, that are. And I think it needs to be those that are Christian and like music, the singers and the music being those that are Christian and uplift us instead of. Just we like it, but for some reason that pulls us down, right? <clears throat> like um, one of one of my favorite songs, um, this by um, Casting Crowns. Yeah. It's um, only Jesus. I don't want I don't want to leave leave a legacy. I don't care if they remember me. But only Jesus. I've only got one life to live. Wherever I will be holding still, there's only one thing I can imagine, and that's only Jesus. Yep. Music is a big deal. Uh, it was a big deal to God. Worship. Uh, it was usually in heaven, too. It's usually music. That's where... Uh, Lucifer, he was a leader of uh, worship music uh, in heaven before he fell. So that, that tells me that God really uh, thinks a lot about music, you know, because there's just certain ways music reaches your soul. It reaches deep into your really spirit. It really does. Um, I've had this new adventure because of that. Like, okay, so my dad always told me growing up, because you know, I told you I'm a preacher's kid. So my dad was a pastor, so he was always a man of God in the eyes of different people, including himself, that he seems to have always been able to hear God's voice. And he'd actually hear God talk to him. 
And he told me, well, if you spend enough time studying the Bible and you bond enough with God, going to him for everything, uh, handing him your life and devoting your whole life to his will for your life, that you will be able to one day hear God's voice. And, and right. I had doubted dad. I'm like, not everybody has that gift, dad. <laughs> I'm like, you've got that gift. That doesn't mean everybody does because we all got different gifts. I'm like, that's teaching, you know, why I do my tutoring, right? And we all have different right. gifts, but then here since we've had this Josh Christ talk, and John, you and I've been in this this whole like spreading the gospel mission with it, right? Yeah. I was taking a bath and I closed my eyes intending to lay down and rinse my hair. And I heard God's voice, and I am not kidding you. Like um. He said something along the lines of, Jennifer, I am with you. And I said, Lord, are you telling me about something? I said, is there a hard time coming up? He said, focus on me. Trust in me. I am with you. And I said, what are you telling me about? And he said, wait and see, but focus on me. So then the next morning, <clears throat> I carry on like another day. Okay, because my, my bath is my nighttime routine. So I went on with the day, and then about 5 o'clock in the evening of the following day, after this revelation and actually hearing his voice and having a conversation with God, even though it was short, I find out there's COVID in my house again. So, my stepmom, she didn't tell me until 5 o'clock that following day. But turns out that it was earlier the day that God spoke to me. Because when she actually went to the urgent care and actually found out, but she just didn't tell me until, give or take 24 hours after God told me the hardship was coming. But she had COVID again. And so... My mom and I were all this wearing masks all over our house, spraying Lysol like crazy. And, you know, we go back to the whole depression thing, right? I'm going through that depression because I can't do things like, like going to the gym, swimming and everything else I do at the gym, my whole social circle, like a coffee group I have there that I go to, um, you know, Panera Bread, my doctors. I mean, all this stuff I usually do that's, outside of my house i couldn't do but my yeah. mind kept going back to and i wasn't doing this to myself i wasn't intentionally saying this but my mind kept saying focus on god and then i get down and focus on god and i just couldn't go that week or whatever uh just something like five days before madre tested negative for covid and we actually went back to our usual of, you know, not wearing masks and stuff and going out. But that whole, like, four to five days, I, I couldn't focus on something negative. Like, you know, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that without suddenly hearing focus on God. That's all I could hear. Like, otherwise, my attention had to stay on something productive. It was quite an experience. <laughs> Wow, sounds like it. That's amazing. Uh, 
when we think about if i'm reaching this new level with my spiritual walk that says that you and i are doing something right in the eyes of god with what we're doing trying to spread the name and he is using us we may be two people that can't work full-time jobs look god is still using us and it may more may more be hobby for us right but who says a hobby cannot be used to serve God and that it has to be a paid job, right? Right. Oh, you know what? This journey that we're on in this life is really extraordinary if you think about it. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we can concentrate on the afflictions that we have or the bad things that we have. Uh, you and I both suffer from stuff that can make us depressed too, you know. Uh, but he also gave us gifts too. Um, how, and, you know, when we think about these afflictions in our life, um, do you think God is doing that to hurt us, to make us sad or depressed? Or is there a end game to all of this what he's trying to help us to to understand i know with my hips it, according to scripture my, it's his way of um bringing our attention back to god god uses hardships to bring our attention back to him because we probably walked astray or because he's trying to teach us something the lesson is not always to focus on him there could be other lessons like say when when i first came out of my first year out of, out of brain surgery and i was in recuperation my my brain was physically healing in addition to um the rerouting of thoughts and everything else to be able to process information like a normal brain only without a big chunk right. get removed. okay so i was trying to work and everything and i was like yeah now i'm free of seizures i can work i'm not disabled anymore uh yeah he gave me some hardships and I, and I eventually decided, I'm just going to pray to God that his will is what will be done. And not that of my own. And then I saw myself getting into the, the more comfort zone of working a bit so I can serve him through the work I do. You know, like my books and stuff, right? In this podcast. But right. I noticed that I started to see some good stuff to the fact that I don't have to work full time. I mean, because it's in, in our case, it's not really that we don't have to, which is we can't, but because we can't, then we, we have our benefits. That's why we don't have to, you know, right. but thinking of that, I had always struggled with the idea that here I was, a woman in her thirties, so all these people ask, you know, well, Hey, do you, do you have a house? Do you have a rent? Do you have an apartment? And I'm like, I live with my parents. I'm in my freaking 30s and I still live with my parents. <laughs> so to me, that seems like shame, right? Because, right. you know, they expect me to, they even ask me, sometimes people ask me, like when we're leaving the gym together. So where'd you park? Uh, I don't have a license. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what? How'd you get here? Anybody think about Uber? As famous as it is, nationwide now? I mean, but they don't. It's the whole assumption, if you're an adult, you have a car and you drive. It's the assumption that if you're an adult, 
then you must work and you must also um, have your own place to live, right? Like you may have a sweetheart, like a husband, wife, or whoever, but you have your own place. You're not still with your parents. You know, the stigma, you know what I'm saying? Nope. So I often battle that, but then I started to see, and that's why I felt so ashamed of being disabled. And like, it put me in a category of people that are lazy and all that kind of stuff. You know how people who don't understand us really do yeah, yeah, yeah. it. So that to me made the fact that I need my disability and that I am disabled feel like shame. Clearly Satan used that to place shame over me. And in reality, when I went through this process in 2021 and got from me the hardships and he showed me, I actually started to see light. Like the beauty of the fact that I don't have to work full time. So I have time to read books. I have time to do this with you and the others with Emily and Kurt and so forth. Right. Right. I have time to hang out with my friends and one guy that I go, one of my best friends, I, I go to dinner with every Tuesday and breakfast with every Friday. Another friend I see every Wednesday in water aerobics in the morning and so forth. I can do all these things, seeing all these different friends and having access to all these different activities, you know, the gym or the coffee shop or the mall to go shopping or a book to read, even go shopping for books. And when I got six shelves of books, I haven't read. I mean, (laughs) you know, the joy, you see what I'm saying? God showed me the beauty of my situation And then suddenly I was no longer focused on being normal and feeling ashamed that I wasn't normal. And what is normal? What is normal for each individual? Full-time job, you know, how stigma say, having your own place to live when you're, you know, after 20-something years old, you have your own place to live, you have your own full-time job, you possibly even have a sweetheart and or kids. I mean, the stigma, that's what I'm talking about. See what I mean? That society defines as normal, not necessarily the psychological normal. <laughs> We're so, as a, so many right. of us have so many different things in our brain, we don't even know what is normal, right? <laughs> and in essence, it's very highly diverse. And the other thing I, th- I got, I, you got to think about too is uh, all this will pass. All this will pass. Um, and it won't take forever to pass. It depends on who we are and how old we are and everything, but um, these afflictions and things like that will not be with us throughout out eternity. And I can't wait, you know. I'll have my leg back, and I'll be able to jog and run. Uh, what's that going to be like in with you? Um, everything will be totally normal in your psyche and your brain. There will come a time when all these things will pass away. It's all temporary. And that's what we got to remember is things in our lives are temporary. And when good things and we're blessed, we need to hold on to those things and to think about them uh, and to enjoy them when they happen like last night we went to uh 
So that being said, so these are going to go away. We will have a time we don't have them. I like to think of it right. as our current life, whether it's 40 years, it's 70 years, it's 80 years long, however long we live, is a pin drop, one dot with a pin of that small dot of ink on an entire piece of notebook paper. That's how small the time our life is compared to the attorney. Right. You got ten. You got an eight by eleven notebook paper with one dot of, of black ink. And our life, our our life that we think is so so hard for different reasons, spiritually, right, or at least or morally or other ways like that related to serving God, right, or even growing to a point to find our purpose. And with some people, they find their purpose, but they have a hard time accepting that, you know, God's way is better than their own. And so they don't even dedicate their life fully to God to live his will for their life, right? So there's all these hurdles, you know, the whole way, even we're all trying to grow in faith. But the reality is that is the tiny, all those years of that is that tiny one dot with black ink made with a pen on the on notebook size paper. Yeah. Remember the Bible says uh, count these afflictions as good. I know sometimes I want to scream. I want to <laughs> shout, you know, because uh -huh. I, I don't want to count some of these things as good. But God says do it. Do it anyway. What what benefit is that disability or that that thing that's happening? And what is the benefit of that? Instead of looking at everything like that as being bad, my first uh, default is to look at it as being bad, or my life's over, or this is not going to be good, or you I know, have it's going to be. Thoughts. Yes, Amen. I have the same Amen. thoughts. Painful. All human beings do. And that's why it talks about that. Um, we look at the negative side. But if we have a God and he doesn't do things uh, to us um, out of spite, out of hate, out of any of these things, and he's doing it because he loves us. And, and then there's times I go, well, don't love me so much. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's a, uh, but I I have to back off and because think that's about the cost of being loved. Even as great things all have their pros and cons. There's the beauty of love, but there is a price to pay with being loved. Like an example, you could you could talk about that I wouldn't necessarily know much about. The beauty of a marriage. Okay. Like my older sister says, marriage is, is made way out, is um, overrated. It's made way out grander and better than it really is. Because you now suddenly when you spend all these years married, you can't do what you like anymore. You have to do whatever that's supposed to be all enjoy. And because it's a, instead of a just you doing whatever you enjoy, you know, where you live or what kind of work you do or whatever, it's suddenly, oh, I got to do what my whoever other half also likes to do and these certain things she or he doesn't like anymore or never liked that I do. I can't do because I have to be in um, 
have to be in agreement with stuff we as a family do, right? So there's a pro and con to it all. So in that case, you could say there's not being able to do whatever that you yourself want to do because you have to always have the other person involved and do what things you agree on. That's a negative that comes to the beauty of, in that case, a romantic relationship, right? Your wife or husband. So even when it comes to God's love, like that, there's a price to be loved. <laughs> I mean, love is beautiful. You know, God's love, our, each other's love, uh, you know, us with our friends, our family, you know, all that. But there, even love itself has a price. But what you're and talking you know about, what? Like, God, you love me too much. Those are the hardships are the price of God's love for you. And that's not individual to you. Your hardships may be different than mine. But that is the reality of all of us Christians or others who will dedicate their life to Christ. And they will start that. They have a lot more blessings from God as a result of giving their life to Christ and committing it. But they'll also see hardships like I'm reading, I'm in my Bible devotions, I'm reading about in Acts about John being persecuted because he served the Lord. No, it's Paul. Just yeah. kidding, Paul. But there you go. You get what I'm saying. Well, they all took on a, a lot of abuse. Paul, especially. Um, you know, you're right uh, about a marriage. But my wife had me listen to something the other day about a preacher that was uh, teaching what God is, expects out of a man. Uh, and when he gets married... And many times, um, and I didn't, I didn't live this way. Jennifer, I'm going to admit to it right now. I didn't live this way. I thought it was uh, our marriage. She should do what I wanted because I was the leader of the marriage or the, the household. She had to give up herself. And in reality, what he was teaching was it was just the opposite. The man has to give up. He has to make, because she is the, the tender root, she is the weaker vessel, and I have started living my life with that in mind now with her. I want to finish up, because um, we're both in our 70s, and I want to finish this race good. I want to finish it, uh, because I didn't always finish it good. I wanted my way and I was selfish and now I need to learn how to be selfless. And um, it's not always what I want, but I now really think of her before myself. And it's, and it's a real, for me, it's been a real uh, flip-flop. It's been a real change. Uh, I, uh, things that would make me angry before, I would ju I just pass off now. And uh, whatever had happened there was very temporary. And maybe she was angry too, but maybe she, she was tired or hungry or whatever that is that's going on. And to, um, I just want to please her now. And when I please her, I please God. And this is something that I have to really concentrate on every day. I'm getting better at it, but I'm not really there. And I, Probably won't be there until I pass from this world. But um, 
there's a lot of things that I wanted to accomplish in my life and, and wanted to have a name for myself, you know. I always thought I was going to be this big, bad photographer. And I did. I was a very good photographer. Uh, but then I had this problem with my hip, and I couldn't go out and photograph the things I wanted to, like landscapes or wildlife. I can't do that. So when I let it go, I realized that it was not that big a deal. And then uh, I can do other things, other things that are creative. But I also, also want to think about uh, what can we do together that is a lot of fun with me and her. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what, what can we do? And we found out that uh, doing the gardening work and stuff like that, we get excited when we talk about it and get out there and work together and laugh and giggle and uh, talk maybe about dream. uh, dreams. Um, like you may be dreaming, maybe we should yeah. put this and this other flower over in this and this area or this certain type of bush, right? Right, right. Um, she did that for me in the very early years when it came to photography. Uh, she really wanted to become a photographer and learn all that, but not to the degree that I did. And I always thought I was going to build a big name and be, have this big, uh, oh, geez, uh, big reputa reputation, okay? Um, so it's like artists or poets or book writers or any of these people have dreams of becoming uh, well-known, you know? And now mm -hmm. I could care less. And now I don't have a DSLR equipment anymore, and I've really learned to be a good photographer with my cell phone and videos, too. Um, and that's exciting. And then when I build websites and I talk to people and I say, hey, uh, put together certain things, and I will go into Premiere Pro and make these creative things from stuff that you have done. And that excites me now, too. You know what I'm saying? And I'm mm -hmm. just like, wow, this is, a lot of, this is a lot of fun. And how, do, how can I market your business? How can I do this stuff for you? So it's, it's like really improving someone else. Uh, it's like giving gifts, you know. Um, I know yeah, this sounds giving, strange. But you're giving service to my business, but then you're giving the joy of art to yourself when you do like those videos you're talking about. Yeah. You know? So in that sense, you're giving to two people slash groups, right? So that's just oh. something a lot of people need to see is when they're doing a job they love, they may think, oh, I've given so many hours to this, whoever. But in reality, if it's something you love, was it only the business that you gave to, or was it also yourself, meaning the joy of, you know, the whatever kind of task or job or hobby or something that we enjoy, right? Well, exactly. Uh, how can I do certain things? And how can I help promote you? How can I do that? Um, and there is many ways of doing that. It's like giving a gift. It's better to give than receive. Um, I know people give me stuff, but when I give something to somebody else, that's meaningful and it's something that can really help them or they can use. 
kind of mm -hmm. there is something that happens inside of your spirit that you're like how cool is that how cool is that well, and i want to be able to do that and then i think about god what did he do what did he do for mankind he uh i'm sure it's over millions of things <laughs> He paid I mean, for like, our sins. like you're saying, gratitude. Well, God gave us jobs. God gave us some sort of income. God gave us the, the place we're sitting right now where we live. You know, different people, different sizes, different budgets. But we, for the most of us, we have a place to reside. We have food to eat. You know, remember talking about the gratitude? Because how many of us think, you know, they got life hard until you see someone on the street? like an actual homeless person as opposed to someone who does that just to in place of working a job, right? And you can tell based on the way how dirty they are or something like that, right? Right. You know, here's something to think about, too. We went to eat last night uh, with my son and my grandson. We went to uh, Native New Yorker and had chicken wings. And, uh, and we've been doing this for a while, but sometimes I forget. And God reminded me, but when the um, when the girl came up to take our order, I asked her, "What can we pray for you today?" I said, "We're Christians. We just had our prayer with our family here. But what is it that I can pray for you that would help you and your family?" And every time I've ever done that, the waitress has never said no. She's always, uh, sometimes they need to think about it and they come back or they know exactly what they need to have prayer for. And we do it. And uh, she asked last night, she said, well, I don't really need a prayer, but I need it for my sister who was just starting high school and is having a very hard time. So when she went away, we prayed for her sister. Uh, it's easy to do when you go into a restaurant and just ask, you know, it's no big deal. But they come away from that thinking, wow, somebody asked me what it is that I need in my life. So that's something to think about. And then God blessed our whole family last night with some information. I'm not at liberty right at the moment to say what that was. But probably by the next time we get together, I can tell everybody what this enormous blessing was in our family. Yeah. So it was like that. It was a give and take situation, you know. Um, so, you know, God is really good. And when we think about what he gave mankind, think about that. We were reconciled with God so we could spend eternity with him. Otherwise, it's not possible. God has to take the blood on for all our human beings and all our sinful nature that we do. And God can't even, almost can't even talk to us or communicate with us until we reconcile with him. And how repent. does that look? Yeah, and so we repent for our sins and ask forgiveness. Yep, ask him for forgiveness and ask him into our heart and into our lives and at that moment you have the gift of eternity it's not like any everything is going to become uh healed or fixed in our this lifetime 
in some cases it may get harder but um well that's definitely um not, paul's case he was serving the lord wholehearted but look how hard his got with all that persecution jail prison beating you know telling you what i'm reading about next right now my devotions right but he still kept serving the lord i mean sometimes it's hard for me to imagine and understand why he didn't turn away since that was apparently what, what god had in mind for him and had destined him to go through knowing that he would get through it you know whereas maybe you and i would have got through it maybe we would have just gone right off the route of where god wanted us because i'm not dealing with this you know and that's a lot of us nowadays but that that's that's really hard to fathom for a lot of people that he served a god that would destined him to go through all that and even with going through all of it he still kept his focus and stayed in service to the lord and and for me if you would have known me earlier in my life because i was an atheist until i was 30 our discussion of the things we are even talking about right now were totally alien to me and they're alien to a lot of people but something happens when we become born again and we begin to have a christian worldview we begin to look at the world very differently about what's going on in the world and a lot of chaos that's happening around us i, I look at the chaos um, and it and it doesn't scare me anymore because I realize God is still in control, and this all was in His uh, knowledge uh, before the foundations of the world. Um, so that comforts me a lot. Um, the things that I've gone through went to Him uh, before God bef uh, beforehand. It's like you. In the situation you're in and my hip and all the stuff that went on it was actually presented to god first and he approved it and then it, then you think is uh okay he doesn't hate god, me. god designed it it's for our benefit you know like you just you, you said right. it. my question is how would god approve it when he's the one that designed it because approved sounds like somebody else did it and he had the authority to say yes or no, like say the president does for, for things in Congress or Senate, right? Yeah. So, well, remember in Job when uh, Satan was. Uh, so I just feel like that like, sounds like somebody else did. Somebody else created us, and he approved it. Versus he was the one that created. So he destined it. Yeah. Yeah, because God it. said, it, God said to Satan. Have you considered my son Job? And if that would have been me, I would have said, "Don't say anything. Don't tell. Don't tell <laughs> Satan. Don't tell him. Don't. I, I'm hiding." <laughs> and well, Satan that's how many of us wouldn't follow his will for a life because of my. Your example is what Job went through because he was serving the Lord, versus mine about Paul oh. because he was serving the Lord. So we're talking about two different people in the Bible. But the parallel is they both, for the good and glory of God, endured very hard times. And like Job, it wasn't his entire life. But Paul, as far as I understand, it was his entire life after accepting the Lord's Savior, seeing Jesus and meeting Jesus for himself, being one of the disciples and so forth. 
Yeah, but look what Paul did. Look what, who Paul was. Paul was a murderer, and God forgave him. And he, but he had a hard life after that, uh, because Paul persecuted a lot of Christians and had him had him put to death because he was a Pharisee at the time, and and uh, so Paul really had a lot to make up for. Not that he really had to make up for it, because God says, when you're forgiven, you're forgiven. But only Paul could really understand who he was at one time versus uh, versus who he had become. And then um, he would be put and to I'm death he for personally it. was troubled by it, because think how many women you may know that if they had to abort, a, you know, have abortion on a child, or maybe they lost them in carrying them, right? The, the child was born dead, right? That, like a miscarriage, I mean, how many women are troubled by that, but that was not their own intention and doing, right? It was something for whatever reason that they that they did not impact. You know, like um, others, maybe they they realized that they made a bad decision because they, they had a child when they were 15, 16 years old, so ended up in an adoption home, right? A foster care. But at least the kid wasn't aborted. You know, they still were born. But the kid has a hardship. Now, do you think that that mother, and possibly the dad, because obviously it takes a dad to make the baby too, didn't have a hard time living with regrets and grief and, you know, guilt yeah. of the bad decision they made and other things like that, you know what I mean? So that's even modern yeah, days. That's like, oh, that is the trouble we live through. Even though we may be forgiven, we're still troubled. Russ, there's unintended consequences of all our decisions. And I want to say this other thing here is uh, when it comes to the abortion issue and stuff like that, men don't, men are not burdened with this. Okay. We may be burdened with it when we're talking our, about our spouse or a girlfriend or somebody into getting an abortion and then paying it for them. But men do not go through this chaos and then this uh, thing that goes into our heart and soul when we go through with an abortion. Um, so men, in a lot of ways, don't really deal with that end of it, the psychological uh, power of an abortion that happens to a woman. Um, I think a lot well, of women need to be... Foster, they made with foster care when that, that child later comes looking for them, wondering, Dad, why did you leave me? Why did you not take care of me? Why did you not want me? And then the dad gets struck by some kind of guilt if he wasn't already, right? Yeah, but and then he's men gonna, don't feel... Because he's got to somehow get across to the child that's now an adult or a teenager or whatever that he loves. Men don't person, but, but yet, for some other reason, he didn't want them. Or he couldn't take men care of them what he and I want. But you know what I'm saying? The whole troubling men, that they do go through some kind of trouble, even if with men it's not till later in life. Men don't deal with grief like women do. When it comes to abortion, that abortion goes deep into her psyche. It goes deep into her soul. Just like uh, 
uh, having a baby. A man can't have a baby. He doesn't know what that's right. all about. <laughs> birth, birth, you know. But um, and I know there's a lot of women that are on the pro-abortion side, and it blows me away because uh, they have to go through all kinds of gyrations uh, in their spirit to make it okay. You know, um, they have to do a lot of things to talk themselves into it and not not feel guilty about it. Um, I know my wife, uh, because uh, she had an abortion um, and I was a part of too. And, and this is why her and I are so anti-abortion today. Once we became Christians, we began to see the re relevance in all of that. It's like, uh, especially there's a believe it or not, there's a lot of Christian women that have abortions too, and it's like slapping God in the face and telling Him He made a mistake. You know, you made a mistake by allowing this baby to grow in their body. So you can think about that, and and flipping off God and telling Him He made a mistake, and I'm going to correct it. I'm going to fix your mistake. Well, How arrogant often, is that? Often because of that, uh, abortion is compared to murder because it's a mother murdering a soon-to-be, if not already born, child. Right. It's not part of her body. It's not her. It's a totally different individual that has a life and breath just because it's taken up residence temporarily, uh, it would be like having somebody uh, running out of room in your house and then feeling that you can kill them at any point. Well, they were in my house. They were in my room, one of my rooms. Uh, uh, this belonged to me, you know? If you think about it, it's, it, it just doesn't make any sense. And when God tells us it, what he can... what you're saying. Do you know how many cultures actually allow men to possibly kill as a punishment of disobedience. So I'm yep. giggling like it's a joke, but do you know what I'm saying? That's real reality in some countries. The man can kill if the, if the children or woman does not obey him in certain ways, while in other ways he can disown them or just refuse to feed them and so forth. There are countries that actually allow a man because they say that in these certain cultures, these certain countries, Women are women and children are property of the man, and that the man is the only one um, with the right to vote, decide, work, everything else. He has full control. Yeah, like the father. When you're talking about uh, some of the Muslim countries, you know, right. and, and some of that some of that stuff has happened even here. It's like, uh, boy, God's. God is going to have to sort all this out in the end because there's just so many, it's so complicated, all the different oddball stuff that's going on in the world. Um, and it seems to be getting worse every day. Um, so anyways, I know we're coming down to the end here. So We are. We need to turn it back to Emily. <laughs> When you and I get talking, we get talking. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good. It's good conversation. And I, 
I think there's a lot of questions in here that a lot of people have questions for. And I'm not saying you and I have all the answers, but it's, it's good to <laughs> That's right. Um, so it's good for us to hash over it. And then it, hopefully it will help other people and they'll go, you know what? I never thought of that. I never thought of that. So we need to think of it. So you and I are doing that. And when you talk to my wife, she comes off from a whole different perspective on stuff, stuff, you know. Her and I love each other and we care about each other. And we, 99% of the time, we agree. But there's that 1% that you need to hear from her. That's not necessarily I don't agree with. I just never thought of. So when I have these conversations, I, I thank God she is a Christian and a powerful Christian and reads the Bible. Right. and. And thinks about things, and and thinks about things really deeply, that her and I can. And she's always bringing up stuff. I'm like, can I get it back to you on that? <laughs> you know. Can you request, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get hot, hit with an unintended consequence. <laughs> Anyways, surprise! Uh, I just think. I, I'm very thankful that wife is what she is. And I think you will find her a blessing here too. Definitely. We need to talk Wednesday and more about, about her being on our show. Yeah, she'll make you laugh. She'll make you laugh a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's so serious. When time comes around that she is on the show, will you tell listeners what's the name that, that they can know her as? Okay. Her name is Monica, by the way. Okay. So we have Monica. They'll be coming soon, but is in the planning stage. Uh, just just a, a quick thing. Uh, she is a giver and she is somebody that gives all the time. She thinks that's a gift that, that God gave her. She works at uh, Hobby Lobby in the fabric department and she works part time. And you know what she did yesterday? Uh, Hobby Lobby has been going through and doing when they checking all the all the, the goods at the place and seeing what they have. Um, they're normally closed on Sunday, but they brought everybody in yesterday because there was no customers, so they were able to go through all the uh, inventory. She made a huge batch of chili with cornbread. She wasn't working yesterday and doing this. But she took it down to everybody working there uh, for lunch. And it, you should have heard all the people. They were just like. Um, Yummy. They, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she takes banana nut bread down there once a week. Carrot bread down there once a week. She just does it. You know, and she does that with other people, too. Uh, she makes extra food and gives it to people. But that's what she did. And. Uh, so it's just uh, something I wanted to toss out there. Um, yeah, she's a giver, and she'll give to our community of listeners and followers alike. Right. Okay, so I'll talk to her, and I'll try to get her on here for next uh, Monday uh, for the Christ Talk. Can. And then, if, uh, she can, will you, if she can, will she come to our Wednesday that's during my meeting, and then we can have a... Three-person conversation. No. Arrange details for her. 
She works Wednesdays and she starts at noon and doesn't get off till okay, 10. Okay, well, we'll find another time. So you and I will have our Wednesday okay. meetings, both of them. And then yeah, I'd like, if you will talk to her, I'd like her to talk to you separately. Yeah, and then if right. you talk to her and see what day she has that she's available on the Monday through Friday schedule, then you and I can arrange a time that fits that. You got it. And hopefully okay. listeners will be hearing Monica and seeing Monica soon. Hmm. Okay. Emily, are you with us? Does anybody have any announcements that they want to make? Everybody uh, what did you say? Does anybody have any announcements? I'd like everybody okay. to know about. Do you have any announcements, John, related to the videos and stuff you're working on? Yes, I'm working on, I'm actually working on my son's wedding, uh, trying to put, there's, it's a very complicated situation. Um, okay, so we'll announce uh, those later when you get around to them. Yes, yes, yes. And you got the app, right? You got the app on your phone. Uh, the video? Uh, uh, I mean, the, the recording, yes. Yeah, good. Okay, good. That's a big deal. Emily, did you have announcements for you and Kurt? Uh, the first weekend in February. Uh, for those of you who are Seinfeld fans, uh, is the Roscoff um, Festivus event uh, with the, all the things like airing of grievances and feats of strength um there will be uh games online games board games also a scavenger hunt and karaoke and so it's going to be on zoom so uh please connect with me if you are interested or planning coming also march 17th or saint patrick's day is the Internet or the International Day of Happiness event for the Happy Neighborhood Project uh, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific. Tickets right now are $30, but we'll go up February 1st for those. So, for those of you who are planning on attending, to encourage everybody to get their tickets ASAP. Um, also, if you are also encourage you to attend if you are um, interested in being a part of a Guinness Book of World of Guinness Book of the breaking of a Guinness Book of World of Record um, record. Um, right now, the record is set at 1,068 for the most people speed networking at one time. Uh, it was set in 2014 by Belgium. We're looking to um get a lot more people than that um and um the other thing is coming up in july the end of july there'll be a uh event for project diehard that project diehard's putting on called hopestock um to bring to combat uh, veteran suicide, um, and I think that's it for right now. Jennifer, do you have any anything else you want to say? Otherwise, um, 
Okay, so yes, um, I do have some announcements. I wanted to announce to listeners and viewers alike that we are looking for a social media uh, person to manage our, manage the posts and videos and podcasts and everything else, all the activity on our social media, as well as a um, <clears throat> press release person, um, public relations, I guess you can call them, or a writer that could regularly do press releases for us. And we're also looking for a virtual assistant. And all of these roles will, uh, whether it's one person doing all or it's um, multiple people, the candidates will be paid through a percentage of the profits that we as a team generate. And so if you are interested in being considered for any of these, please go to calendly.com forward slash Jen's books and more. That's C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y.com forward slash J-E-N-N-S books and more. And that's where you can schedule to meet with the team and be considered for whichever role <clears throat> that you have of interest or possibly a combination of more than one role. Uh, and if you have other things to bring to the table, please bring them along as well. We're looking to grow our team and we're hoping that some of our regular viewers like you can be uh, the next um, ambassador for us and compassionate about helping us grow this mission to reach more people. Also, um, if you are part of a business or a nonprofit or some other group that has something they want to share with the world, then you can schedule to be on our show by going to calendly.com forward slash Jaws Coffee Chat. And that's for guest speakers on our podcast, C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y.com forward slash J-A-W-S coffee chat. Um, for those of you who may be women of faith and want to uh, join the Bible study that I take part in, that's also networking, as well as a uh, project meeting where we all get together to work on our own work. And... Um, we're in a group while all professionals on our computers doing whatever's our job and responsibilities. Um, it's kind of like a group work team so that we can inspire and um, help each other keep dedicated to our job and continue to work to achieve our mission, whatever is our role in the Bible. And so if you want to be a part of that group or the Bible study or the networking or anything related, the coffee chat or whatever, go on meetup.com and look for Aspire Women for Excellence. And that's A-S-P-I-R-E, Women for Excellence. That's what you look up on meetup.com to find the group. If you found the right one, you will see the name is Lady Kendra. That's the leader and owner of that ministry. Also leads all the studies, except for some that different members um volunteer to, to lead for her as her ministry is growing. 
And if you'd like to learn more about myself, Jennifer Ann Whitaker, our podcasts, or check out books that I write, or I have helped uh, my clients write, maybe ghostwriting or editing or publishing for them, etc. You can find more about us and everything we do, our professional services and all, at www.jensbooksandmore. That's www.jennsbooksandmore.com. Thank you for listening and watching in or tuning in. Uh, please be sure to re reply or comment, share, like us, follow us. And then again, this is a podcast called Jaws Coffee Chat with a show called Jaws Christ Talk. Back to you, Emily. Emily? Yeah, sorry for the technical difficulties. Oh. <laughs> I got, I got, I got, I'm I got, talking I got, to myself. <laughs> I got I got kicked off. The, I don't know. Um, but as I was saying, uh, I encourage everybody to um, check out all of our social media and subscribe, share, um, comment, and so on. And special, again, special thanks to Marcus, Zach, and Jay for letting us share this on their platforms. And uh, we are here every Monday and 4.15 Central. So our next Jaws Christ Talk will be next week, uh, January 23rd. Um, Okay, I uh, invite everybody to join us or tune in. And on behalf of Jen, John, Kurt, and the rest of the World of Ability Podcast Network, we wish you a safe and happy and productive week and to stay happy.